Welcome to Zichur Daf Siman Member Bei Avram Goldar and there Mazeches Nadarim Daf Test the first parak Kol Kunuye. So the three times we're going to focus on number one, the Mishnah states as another example of Yadus Nadarim. If one says Knidu Rishayim another Ben Nazir Bukarvan Ubeshvua, like the vows of the wicked, he's made a netter to be a Nazir or bring a carbon or to effect an oath. This qualifies as a netter because it's within the practice of the Rishayim to make Nadarim. If one says Kenidre Kasherim, like the vows of the virtuous, it's not effective because it's not the practice of the virtuous to make Nadarim. Still, if he said Kenidvosam, like their pledges, the vow is effective because the virtuous do make pledges, as the Gemara will explain. The Gemara wonders how simply saying Kenidre Rishayim, like the vows of the wicked, indicates that he means to accept a vow, for perhaps he means to say that he does not want to make such a vow. The Gemara adds further that even if he were to say, Harani Kenidre Rishayim, I am hereby undertaking like the vows of the wicked, he still may not mean to accept an Aziris, rather he may be accepting a fast upon himself. The Gemara concludes that the Mishnah is speaking, When a Nazar was passing before him, such a declaration in this context is clearly an acceptance to be a Nazar. Point number two, the Gemara asks who the Tanit is of our Mishnah who distinguishes between a Nether and a Dava to consider the former improper and the latter proper. Seemingly, it's neither Rebbe Mer nor Rebbe Yehuda, for it was taught in Abraisa. A Pasuk and Koala states, it's better that you do not vow than vow and not pay. Rabbi Mer says, Better than vowing and paying and vowing and not paying is one who does not vow at all. Rabbi Yudha says, Better than not vowing and vowing and not paying is one who vows and pays. The run explains Rabbi Yudha's opinion is based on the previous passage which says, That which you vow, pay. Nonetheless, we see from here that neither Tana distinguishes between the different types of Nadarim. The Gemara answers that the Mishnah can be Rebbe Mir, as the run explains, since his puzzle was only referring to Nadarim, and it's possible that Rebbe Mir agrees that making a Nadava is better than not making one. And point number three, the Gemara asks if there's a case of Nadava de Naziros, a virtuous Nadava of Naziros, where there's no concern that someone might violate the vow sometime during their Naziros, and brings up rice to the taught. Shimon Tzadik said, In all my days I never ate from the Ashim of a Nazir who became Tameh. Once a Nazir came from the south, and I saw Shu Yafei Naim until Roy that he had beautiful eyes and was good-looking. But and his locks of hair were arranged in curls. When Shimon Asadi asked him why he undertook to destroy his hair by becoming a Nazir, he responded that he had once seen his handsome reflection and was seized by Zaytzohara, and reacted forcibly by declaring himself a Nazir and shaved his hair with Shem Shemayim. Shimon Asadi kissed him on his head and declared, Yirbu May there be more vowers of a Naziris in Yisrael like you. This was the Nazir who had been Tameh, but whose offering Shimon and Tzadik ate. The run explains that this man was the model of a Nazir who was truly motivated by a sincere desire to devote himself to Kajbarakun, and therefore it was a virtuous Nadabah since there was no concern that he would violate it. So once again, the three points are number one. The Mishnah states, as another example of Yadus Nadarim, if one says, like the vows of the wicked, he is made a nether to be a Nazir or to bring a carbon or to effect an oath. This qualifies as a netter because it's within the practice of the Rishayim to make Nadarim. If one says Kenidre Kasherim, like the vows of the virtuous, it's not effective because it's not the practice of the virtuous to make Nadarim. Still, if he said Kenidvosam, like their pledges, the vow is effective because the virtuous do make pledges, as the Gemara will explain. The Gemara wonders how simply saying Kenidre Rishayim, like the vows of the wicked, indicates that he means to accept a vow, for perhaps he means to say that he does not want to make such a vow. The Gemara adds further that even if he were to say, Harani Kenidre Rishayim, I am hereby undertaking like the vows of the wicked, he still may not mean to accept the Naziris, rather he may be accepting a fast upon himself. The Gemara concludes that the Mishnah is speaking, When a Nazar was passing before him, such a declaration in this context is clearly an acceptance to be a Nazar. 
pointing to the Gemara asks who the Tana is of our mission, who distinguishes between a nether and a dava to consider the former improper and the latter proper. Seemingly, it's neither Rebbe Mer nor Rebbe Yehuda, for it was taught in Abraza. A Pasuk and Koala states, It's better that you do not vow than vow and not pay. Better than vowing and paying and vowing and not paying is one who does not vow at all. Better than not vowing and vowing and not paying is one who vows and pays. The run explains the Rebuda's opinion is based on the previous passage which says, That which you vow, pay. Nonetheless, we see from here that neither Tana distinguishes between the different types of Nadarim. The Gemara answers that the Mishnah can be Rebbe Mir, as the run explains, since his passage was only referring to Nadarim, and it's possible that Rebbe Mir agrees that making a Nadava is better than not making one. And point number three, the Gemara asks if there's a case of Nadava de Naziros, a virtuous Nadava of Naziros, where there's no concern that someone might violate the vow sometime during their Naziros, and brings up rice to the taught. Shimon Sadik said, In all my days, I never ate from the Ashim of a Nazir who became Tameh. Once a Nazir came from the south, and I saw Shu Yafei Naim until Roy, that he had beautiful eyes and was good looking. But Kvutsosav Sudurasol Taltalim and his locks of hair were arranged in curls. When Shimon Asadi asked him why he undertook to destroy his hair by becoming a Nazir, he responded that he had once seen his handsome reflection was seized by Zaytsohara and reacted forcibly by declaring himself a Nazir and shaved his hair with Shem Shemayim. Shimon Asadi kissed him on his head and declared, Kamocha Yirbu Nozre Naziros be Yisrael. May there be more vowers of a Naziros in Yisrael like you. This was the Nazir who had been Tameo, but whose offering Shimon Asadi ate. The run explains that this man was the model of a Nazir who was truly motivated by a sincere desire to devote himself to Akash Barakun, and therefore it was a virtuous Nadava since there was no concern that he would violate it. All right, so now we go to our Simradav test, and our standard simon is a teapot, because t teapot, and also a test sort of looks like a teapot. So here goes. The group of Rashaim sitting around drinking tea and making Nadarim were rebuked by the waiter who told them it's better not to vow at all than even to vow and pay. But making an Nadava of Naziris, like the handsome man with the long curly hair sitting in the corner next to the mirror is totally acceptable. Once again, it's an emotion. The group of Rashaim sitting around drinking tea, drinking tea, that must be on top, test, teapot. The group of Rashaim sitting around drinking tea and making Nadarim, which reminds us, the mission states as another example of Yadus Nadarim, if one says, Kenidri Rashaim, Nadabanazur, Ubakar, Ubashvua, like the vows of the wicked, he's made a netter to be a Nazar or to bring a carbon or to effect an oath. This qualifies as a netter because it's within the practice of the Rashaim to make Nadarim. If one says, Kenidri Kasherim, like the vows of the virtuous, it's not effective because it's not the practice of the virtuous to make Nadarim. Still, if he said Kenid Vosam, like their pledges, the vow is effective because the Kshirim do make pledges. So the group of Rashaim sitting around drinking tea and making Nadarim were rebuked by the waiter who told them it's better to not vow at all than even to vow and pay, which reminds us of Pasuk and Kohela states, It's better that you do not vow than vow and not pay. Rabbi Meir says, Better than vowing and paying and vowing and not paying is one who does not vow at all. Rebuda says, Tov mizeh umizeh, no umishalim. Better than not vowing and vowing and not paying is one who vows and pays. The Ron explains that Rebuda's opinion is based on the previous passage which says, Esther shetidor shalim, that which you vow, pay. So the group of Rashaim sitting around drinking tea and making nadarim were rebuked by the waiter who told them it's better to not vow at all than even to vow and pay. But making nadava of naziris, like the handsome man with the long curly hair sitting in the corner next to the mirror, is totally acceptable, which reminds us of the story of Shimon and the handsome Nazir with beautiful hair.
So once again, the group of Rashaim sitting around drinking tea and making nadarim were rebuked by the waiter who told them it's better to not vow at all than even to vow and pay. But making an adaba of Naziris, like the handsome man with the curly long hair sitting in the corner next to the mirror, is totally acceptable. All right, now it's time to go to our four blah back Chazara. Daf hay. So the simmer daf hay is hay or a haystack. So here goes. The two farmers bailing hay. Hey, that must be on daf hay. The two farmers bailing hay were forbidden to benefit from one another because one said, Mudar anilocha, which reminds us, the more revises Rabbi Yossi Barchanina's statement to read. If one says, Mudar anilocha, shneim asurim, I am vowed to you, they're both forbidden to benefit from each other. But if one says, Mudrani himach, hu asur v'chavero mutter, I am vowed from you, he's forbidden to benefit from his friend, but his friend is permitted. So the two farmers bailing hay were forbidden to benefit from one another because one said, Mudar after his friend inscribed the words, I'm separated from you in a haystack, and he thought he meant, I will not do business with you, which reminds us. The Gemara concludes that Shmuel did mean to say that only if one adds the phrase, Shani Oklocha, is the vow effective. But if he only says, Mudranimimcha, I am vowed from you, the vow is ineffective. Here the Gemara explains that the reason is, Amar Asr. It does not imply that he's saying a prohibition. The reason for this is, Mudar Animimcha, I am vowed from you, can instead imply, I will not speak with you. I'm separated from you can mean I will not do business with you. The run explains that since the implication of his vow is not conclusive, no vow takes effect at all. So the two farmers bailing hay were forbidden to benefit from one another because one said, after his friend inscribed the words, I'm separated from you in a haystack, and he thought he meant, I will not do business with you. When the friend was actually trying to win back his wife, who demanded that he give her an explicit get. Which reminds us, the Gemara records Mochoks between Abai and Rav about Yadaim She'em Ochikos, Yadaim which are inconclusive. Abai says they are valid Yadaim and Rav says they are not. The Gemara asks that this dispute seems to reflect the Mochok and Sanaim regarding a get, for it stated in the Mishnah, Gufa shall get Adam. The absence of a get is, you are thus permitted to anyone. Rav Yudah says the get must include, and this will be yours from me, a document of expulsion and a letter of release. We see that Tanaim have already disagreed about how clear a partial expression must be for a valid get. The Gemara shows, though, how Abai can conform with even Rabbi Yehuda, and Rabbah can conform with the Rabbanan. Dafav, so the sumer Dafav is a sword. So here goes. The dramatic swordsman, swordsman, that must be more Dafav. The dramatic swordsman picked up a fierce-looking sword and shouted, Hare Zet, but not a lie, making it usher and all, which reminds us, the inference of Abraisa is that if one only said, Hare Zet, this is hereby and not added a lie to me, then the item would be forbidden not only to him, like in the case where he does say it to me, but to everyone. To Dilmarhu Hektish Kamar, because perhaps he's saying it is hereby Hektish, which would forbid the item to all people, since he has surely made a valid vow, and it's unclear if he intended to prohibit the item to just himself or everyone, we rule stringently. So the dramatic swordsman picked up a fierce-looking sword and shouted, Hare Zeh, but not a lie, making it usher on all, just after he was Makadish a woman and pointed the sword at her friend and shouted, Ba'at, which reminds us where Papa asked, Yesh Yad with Kedushin Olo, are ye dime effective for Kedushin or not? The Gemara says he was asking about a case where a man was Makadish a woman and then said to a second woman, Ba'at, and you. Do we say he was saying, and you too, to her friend, and the condition would be valid as a yad? Or perhaps he's saying, and you watch, to her friend, and the condition would not be valid. The run explains that since there is another, albeit unlikely, interpretation to his words, it's merely a yad, and condition would not be valid through a yad, even though it is conclusive. The question is left unresolved. 
So the dramatic swordsman picked up a fierce-looking sword and shouted, Hare, zeh, but not ohai, making it usher and all, just after he was Makadish a woman and pointed the sword at her friend and shouted, Va'at, while the terrified friend tried to hide in the last remaining patch of a field, which was not clear whether it was declared as Pea. Which reminds us, Rapapa further asks, Yesh Yadlapea or En Yadlapea? Is the Yad effective for Pea or not? The Gemara again clarifies that if he declared one patch of his field to be Pea and then said on a second, and this one too, that would certainly be a full expression of Pea and would not be a Yad. Rather, the question is where he said on the second patch, which was the only remaining patch, Vahadain, and this one. Tosus explains that the other possible interpretation of his words is, and this one I retain for myself, thereby reducing the declaration to a yad, because we're speaking where the second patch is the last remaining one in his field. Dav Zayn, so the symbol of Dav Zayn is a gun. So here goes. The Yeshiva Bakra, the gun range, gun range, that must be more on Dav Zayn, Koi Zayn, gun. The Yeshiva Bakra, the gun range, who wasn't sure if he could say Shema in a second structure that might have been designated as a lavatory, which reminds us, Rivina asked, are Yadam effective for designating a lavatory or not in regard to the prohibition to reciting Shema, learning Torah, or dubbing within it? So the Yeshiva Bakr the gun range, who wasn't sure if he could say Shema in a second structure that might have been designated as a lavatory, went ballistic and excommunicated a friend who said Hashem's name in vain, which reminds us Rav Khanin said in the name of Rav, one who hears mention of Hashem's name in vain from its friend's mouth, he must excommunicate him. And if he did not excommunicate him, he himself should be excommunicated. Because all places where mention of Hashem's name in vain is common, there poverty is common. So the Yeshiva Bach had the gun range, who wasn't sure if he could say Shema in a second structure that might have been designated as a lavatory, went ballistic and excommunicated a friend who said Hashem's name in vain, whereas his Rebbe excommunicated himself first with the intent to release himself and his Talmud later, which reminds us what Gittel said in the name of Rav, Talmud Chochem may excommunicate himself and then annul it for himself. The Gemara cites as an example of this principle, the practice of Marzutra Chasida, Kimachai Barbe Rav Mshamta, when a student required excommunication, he would excommunicate himself first and only then excommunicate the student. And when he came home, he would release himself and then release the student. Tosos explains that he would excommunicate himself first to ensure he would remember to release the student. Dav Ches, so the similar Dav Ches is Chala. So here goes. When the inspired baker who vowed to wake up early to learn Masechus Chala, Chala, that must be learned Dav Ches. When the inspired baker who vowed to wake up early to learn Masechus Chala arrived at the base Midrash, which reminds us, Rav Gittel taught in the name of Rav, one who says, I will rise early and learn this parak or learn this Masech, he has made a great netter to Hashem. Since he compatted himself in the explicit mitzvah to learn Torah by simply reciting Krishna in the morning and evening, the oath takes effect on him because he has sworn to do beyond what he was explicitly commanded at Har Sinai. So when the inspired baker who vowed to wake up early to learn Masechus Chala arrived at the base Midrash, he found a distraught friend who couldn't sleep after having a nightmare that he was excommunicated, which reminds Rabbi Yosef said, If they excommunicated someone in his dream, he needs 10 people to release it for him. The Ron explains that we're concerned that this Nidui was imposed by an agent of Hashem, and therefore 10 people are required to annul the Nidui since the Shekhinah joins an assemblage of 10 people. So when the inspired baker who vowed to wake up early to learn Masechus Chala arrived at the base Midrash, he found a distraught friend who couldn't sleep after having a nightmare that he was excommunicated, and who only felt better when the sun began to rise, which reminds us, Abai said we learned from the Pasuk which states, Shemesh Tzedak Umarpeh, a son of righteousness and healing, that the dust of the day, meaning the sun, heals. 
The Gemara says that this Pshad is in disagreement with that of Rish Lakish, who used this Pasuk as a source for his statement, that in Gehenim Olam Haba, there's no Gehenim in the world to come. El HaKosh Baruch Hu Motzi Natika, rather HaKosh Baruch will take the sun out of its case, and the Siddiqim will be healed by it, and the wicked will be dealt justice by it. Alright, now it's time to conclude with our pop quiz of 10 questions. Number 1. Which that they learn, if someone hears another say Hashem's name in vain, he should excommunicate him. That's on Duff. Zion. Good. Number two. Which stuff do we learn that one who says, I will rise early and learn this chapter or I will learn this Masekta has made a great vow to Hashem? That's on Duff. Ches. Good. Number three. Which stuff do we learn that Rapapa asked the question whether it's a Yad for Peya or not? That's on Duff. Vav. Good. Number four. Which stuff do we have a is whether it's better to vow and pay or not vow at all? That's on Duff. Test. Good number five. Which stuff we have mochos abide in rubber regarding yadam she'emochichos and we compare it to mochos regarding how explicit a get has to be? That's on Dav. Hey, good number six. Which stuff the one who has a dream that he was excommunicated needs ten people to release it for him? That's on Dav. Ches. Good number seven. Which stuff do we have the story of Shimon Tzadik and the handsome Nazar with the beautiful hair? That's on Dav. Test. Good number eight. Which stuff do we have the question whether Yadim are effective to designate a basic kisei, a lavatory? That's on Duff. Zion. Good number nine. Which stuff do we have the one who makes a nether, Kenidre Rishayim, has made a nether, but one who says Kenidre Kesherim has not? That's on Duff. Test. Good. Number 10. Which stuff do we have that when one says Harizet without saying Alai, it could be understood to mean that he's making the item Hekdish and Usr to all? That's on Duff. Vav. Excellent. That concludes today's shir. This is Rabbi Ramgol Nizikhu wishing you a great day and great learning.